The following is a presentation of Ralphie Report Radio. Spins on the defender, stays on his feet, he dives forward to the end zone! Touchdown! Touchdown, Colorado! Oh, Philip Lindsay! Looking deep, airing it deep, he's got a man out there, it's Fields! And Shea Fields all the way for the touchdown! Your source for the Colorado Buffaloes and the Pac-12 Conference. I need you right now. Welcome to the Ralphie Report Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Stern. Big win for the Buffs in Lincoln last Saturday, beating the Nebraska Cornhuskers. We'll get into that a little bit. Some Buffs in the NFL made their impact in week one. And big game coming up against the New Hampshire Wildcats this weekend. Although they're an FCS team, we'll get into their dynamics a little bit and how they've looked early on in the season. Also talk about the impact of their upcoming bye week and get into that. So exciting episode coming to you today. Now obviously going into last weekend, the Buffs headed into Lincoln is five and a half point underdogs against the Nebraska Cornhuskers. A lot of people expected them to lose that game, but you know what? They went in and upset them. They looked great in doing that. The offense in particular, continued to impress many. The defense made a couple big adjustments in the second half after signs of last season started to return with the run game struggling a little bit there early on. Something that might have contributed to that as well is the fact that Adrian Martinez, true freshman, they're really he was a big unknown. He hadn't started a game since his junior year of high school, and the running aspect of his game was something that a lot of people didn't really know a lot about, but he he came in and looked good in his debut, and it seems like he's going to play on uh, their next game Saturday, so that's something to keep an eye on as well. The defensive line, though, is of the Buffs, though. I forgot. I didn't really give cr- enough credit to them in my last podcast, but I think that it's important to talk about the impact they've had early on. One guy who's really come around as Javier Edwards. Last season, he was expected to be that run-stuffing guy in the middle of the defense, someone that really plugged up the A and B gaps. And while he definitely did do that at times, he was only able to do it for about two or three plays uh, possession. He was a little bit out of shape, maybe a little bit overweight as well. This year, he slimmed down. He's looking a lot faster. And Mr. Edwards is doing a great job on the defensive front. Someone else who's really looked good early on is Mustafa Johnson. He helped force a fumble in Lincoln on Saturday. And he also had the tip ball on the interception against CSU. So he's someone who's consistently looked good. Remember, this is a guy who was lightly recruited out of high school, wasn't a big-name prospect, and played two years at the JUCO level, or a year at the JUCO level, rather. So... To see him doing as well as he has so early has to be an assuring sign for the for Buffs fans. But the two guys who have really struck out stuck out so much a lot thus far 
our wideout, LaVisca Chenault, who currently leads the nation in receiving yards right now, receiving yards per game and receptions per game. So he's someone who's gotten off to a hot start. Pac-12 Player of the Week, two weeks in a row, and was recently put on the Heisman Award watch list. No, no one in the media, at least in the local media, was surprised at how good he's performed early on. I mean, every time we were let into practice, he was making a big play. He was getting open. Just standing next to him, you see he has all the physical characteristics to succeed. So it's impressive to see how well he's done. And on the defensive side of the ball, Bronco Nagurski, Defensive Player of the Week, Nate Lamon. 29 tackles, two interceptions in two games. That's pretty darn good, man. And one of the things that sticks out about him is he makes the whole defense better. And vice versa, as Mustafa Johnson told us earlier this week, they feed off, they feed off each other. This is a unit that does a very good job of that. Landman is the typical sideline-to-sideline -side hybrid linebacker who can do pretty much anything on the field. He's looked good in coverage. He's been in on some blitz packages. He had a, fourth, a huge fourth down stop late in the game, which is pretty much a turnover, right? There, Nebraska was driving right around the 50, and the bus forced a turnover. They drive down. They miss a field goal, but that could have really swung the game um, at that point. So he's, he's done a really good job so far. And just getting back to Mustafa for a second, I got the chance to talk to him a little bit earlier this week, and he tells me he thinks that the work ethic on this defense is second to none. They, do a, they work day in and day out on forcing the ball out, diving on top of the ball when there's a lot of people around, and scoop trying to scoop it and score when there's not. So... This has been very impressive. I've liked what I've seen. And, an, and another guy who deserves some credit is Kawan Drake. The energy that he brings to the table as a defensive line coach is great as well. And after the departure of Jim Levitt a few years ago, I really thought they were kind of missing that. So it's good to see that that's back here in Boulder. Now, last weekend also is in addition to the Buffs playing on Saturday. A lot of former Buffs made their played in the NFL, some making their respective debuts on Sunday. Obviously, the main guy who starred was Philip Lindsay for the Broncos. He had 102 yards on the ground on 12 touches, and for including, the Bron fittingly so, his hometown Broncos' first touchdown of the season. He was on the only undrafted rookie to be nominated for the Pepsi Row Rookie of the Week Award. One of the things that was great to see was the fact that he was doing so well against another former buff who also performed and showed out, Tedrick Thompson. It was kind of funny to see after Thompson made a, a tackle on Lindsay, they both got up, smiled, and high-fived each other. After the game, they also swapped jerseys. These were two guys who were very close in the locker room. So it's nice to see them doing well and doing well against each other at that. Mr. Lindsey, I think, is going to be a huge weapon for the Broncos going forward. 
And I know there's some people out there who's saying, well, you know, they didn't really get to game plan for him. The Seahawks didn't really game plan for him this week. No one thought he was going to have a big role in the offense. But the skill set and the characteristics that he brings to the table are going to help this team. And I talked about it a little bit yesterday on my radio show, but him and Royce Freeman are pretty much the perfect complement to each other. Royce is a power back who can be used in short yarded situations and later in the game, can tote the rock about 20, 25 times a game. Philip Lindsay is more of a shifty, catch the ball out of the backfield, line up in the slot, create a mismatch with the linebacker type of guy. So I think they're opposites. They kind of remind me of KD Nixon and LaVisca Chanel in that sense. They're kind of polar opposites of each other, but both bona fide impact players in that offense. Another former buff playing and helped engineer one of the best comebacks in the NFL in recent memory, Green Bay Packers left tackle David Bakhtiari. I mean, he has done a great job protecting Rodgers during his entire time in Green Bay. And let's not forget that Rodgers is perhaps the most important player in the NFL right now. Pro Football Focus selected Rodgers as the left tackle, as the top-ranked left tackle, and put him in the all-NFL team for week one. So that shows he did a great job on that in that regard. And he really gave, I mean, Rodgers came back from an injury for the second half, a sprained knee, it was revealed after the game. And Bakhtiari really gave him that much-needed time in the pocket. Without him, I think that Bears pass rush has a much easier time getting to Rodgers. So he, he's played a big role on that team. He played a big role week one. And he'll do so for the rest of the season too, especially considering that that knee is probably going to bother Rodgers a little bit, at least for the foreseeable future. I don't think it's going to hurt him too much down the line. But for the next few weeks, remember, he hasn't practiced all week. Keep an eye on big number 69 for the Packers. Now, Chidobie Awuzie forced, had a nice forced fumble on Sunday against the Carolina Panthers in his NFL starting debut. Remember, he was plagued by an injury for much of last season. He started week 16 against the Eagles in a meaningless game, but I don't really count this. That, that This was his first meaningful game action. He had four solo tackles, and he helped keep Cam Newton in check. I saw a couple times he was up against Devin Funches, who's a much bigger wide receiver, best wide out that the Panthers have. And he did a pretty darn good job containing him for most of the game. Now, unfortunately, Dallas couldn't really muster up any offense, so it went for nothing. But Awuzie did his job. I'll put it that way. And going forward, if Dallas's offense can at least somewhat figure themselves out, then I think that his impact will start to get recognized a lot more. And he has he has the chance to be one of the better corners in the NFL as well. So that's something to keep an eye on. Now looking ahead to the Buffs matchup against the U New Hampshire Wildcats. The Wildcats have made the 
FCS playoffs the past 12 years. They're expected to do well, but their season hasn't really gotten off to an optimal start. They lost and they got blown out in week one, 35-7 against Maine. Didn't even score a touchdown until the fourth quarter. And then last week, they lost 10-3 to Colgate. Colgate and Maine are two teams that are expected to finish were expected to finish at the beginning of the season in the bottom of their respective conference. And New Hampshire was expected to do better than how, how they've done so far. But one of the things that's hurting them is just the fact that their starting quarterback senior, Trevor Knight, went down in their opening matchup against Maine with an injury. And that forced sophomore Corey Lupoli into action early on. He struggled a lot back there. Their offense as a whole, I mean, they have some playmakers. They have some guys who can do things with the ball in their hands. Mainly, Neil O'Connor, the senior from Massachusetts. He's a smaller, shiftier, Cole Beasley type of wide receiver. I think he has a shot at making or at least getting a tryout on an NFL roster come April. And they have a good, pretty good running back in Carlos Washington. So they, it's, there's no doubt that they have some guys, some playmakers on offense, but they've been underutilized, so to speak, early on in this young season. They're going to run a lot of plays like UCLA. Coach McIntyre talked about that earlier this week. They run a lot of plays like these read option, Chip Kelly type plays, and that's no coincidence because guess where Chip Kelly's first head coaching gig was? New Hampshire. And guess who his coaching mentor was? A guy, a guy he kind of cut his teeth on, so to speak. New Hampshire's current head coach, Sean McDonald, who's been at the helm for 16 years in New Hampshire. He's coached there 26 years, which for in the coaching profession is pretty much an eternity right? I mean, most coaches don't last nearly that long. So he's, he's going to run a very similar offense to Kelly. And fittingly so, the, the Buffs' next opponent coming off their bye is the UCLA Bruins. So although they might not have the firepower, they might not have the caliber of the playmakers, this will be a nice preview into that matchup in, an, a, in a similar type of offense. I think it'll help them game plan and get ready in that type of regard. Now, I don't expect this to really be a competitive game, especially considering how much New Hampshire struggled against lesser talent. I think that the Buffs will win this game easily by four touchdowns. But just getting to walk through those types of plays is interesting. Now, in that regard, I expect to see some of the younger Buffs. One of the things I'll be curious to see on Saturday is if we see Blake Stenstrom. Remember, the new redshirt rule allows people players to redshirt within four games. So if Stenstrom sees action in just one game, he'll still be allowed to redshirt. Now, I know that we need to give some snaps to both Tyler Lytle and Sam Neuer, the two backups who would be forced into action in the event of an injury by to Steven Montez. But I want to see Blake a little bit too. And I'm thinking that maybe if the Buffs get a blowout later on, we'll get to see some of those guys, uh, Neuer and Lytle. So 
I, I kind of want to see Blake. But if we do see Neuer and Lytle, I want to see the training wheels taken off. I don't want to see them come in and take handoffs. I know it's a res- it was a respectful thing to do last time against CSU, especially with the state of Mike Bobo and his health and that foot injury, foot condition, rather, he was suffering from. But you got to see what these guys can do in live game action, and there's no greater test than that. Watching them in practice every day is nice, but it kind of gets repetitive, and at a certain point, you want to see how they do against another opposition. So I'm curious to see if the Buffs are a little less conservative in their playing call, play calling and try to see what they have in some of these younger guys. Alex Fontenot, Bo Bisharat at running back, Dimitri Stanley, Daniel Arias at wideout, and Tyler Lytle and uh, Sam Neuer at quarterback. So I want to, it'll be interesting in that regard. In terms of a score prediction, I'm picking the Buffs to win 38-3 over New Hampshire. I don't see this being much of a game. And this will be a nice segue into the bye week. Hopefully they can rest some of the guys. They, a, lot of people, a lot of their players suffered minor injuries last week. LaVisca Chenault went down with a shoulder injury on a block. I mean, he still performed great and made the game-winning catch, but he came to the post-game press conference wearing a sling, which is never a good sign. KD Nixon suffered an ankle, in, uh, foot, ankle to foot injury. Juwan Winfrey has been battling through a, hamstr- a little bit of a hamstring strain. So th- there's some guys who have gotten banged up here, and hopefully we can give some- them some time off in the upcoming week. I'm curious to see where McIntyre pulls the plug, though. The Buffs are up 28 nothing going into the half. Do you take your foot off the pedal and see what some of these younger guys can do? Or do you keep going and allow them to play the third quarter? That'll be something that's interesting to keep an eye on. But in terms of how the bye week is going to impact them, McIntyre said that he thinks this is the perfect time to have a bye week. If he was allowed to pick it, pick when he had it in his season, he would pick after the New Hampshire game, before conference play starts. It allows them to recoup a little bit and get ready for a stretch of nine games against conference opponents. So that's, that's going to be nice. Remember, last year they didn't have one until their final game against Utah, at which point the team was pretty much disheartened in a way. So having it early on allows them to recover from the injuries, really get ready from a play-calling standpoint, and it's going to be good for this team. Anyway, that'll do it for this week's edition of the Ralphie Report podcast. Have a good week, Buffs fans. Join us next week for the latest on the CU Buffs or for continuing coverage at ralphiereport.com, a product of SB Nation. Yeah.